Welcome to Sports, Wheels, and Reels with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. One show, two guys, three topics, unlimited possibilities. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Engage with us on social media or email us at podcast at mmsubaru.com. And now, welcome your hosts, Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Well, we're here. We're uh, excited-ish. Um... (laughs) This is it's tough right after that to have to do a show. It is. Yeah. It's going to be good, though. We've got some good stuff to talk about. We have exit interviews here today uh, with Jeff and I as the jazz season comes to a close last night. Talk about that. Uh, a local football product who deserved so much better than he got. Mm-hmm. In Wheels Subaru in the news uh, with a dollar sign on that S. We'll tell yeah. you about that. Talk about our promised partner of the week. And then in Reels... A movie that we've never seen Liam Neeson do before. <laughs> no. I'm lying. Tell you about that and all. <laughs> all, all whatever we want next in uh, Sports Wheels and Reels. My name is Spencer Kofed, and my Subaru is Extreme Adventure. Outback's really great for my lifestyle. It's got the ground clearance, it has four wheel drive, it has just enough space for all my gear, but it's not crazy big of a footprint, so you can drive around the city really easily. It's a great car. And I almost never sleep in a tent now when I camp. I, I always sleep in the back of the, the Outback. I backcountry ski a lot here in the Wasatch, and I tour a lot. And to get there in a snowstorm, I want something reliable. And the Subaru gets me to the trailhead, and then I can go hike and ski Utah's great powder. If any of my friends were looking to buy a Subaru, I'd, I'd recommend Mark Miller Subaru. They, they have a promised price guarantee. It's just a really transparent experience. You never feel like they're, they're hiding stuff from you. Um, whether it's skiing, skydiving, dirt biking, mountain bikes, surfing, and wakeboarding, my Subaru gets me out on my adventures. Subaru is a brand I trust, and Mark Miller Subaru is the Utah retailer that I love. All right, let's rip this Band-Aid, Jeff Miller. There's you nothing else we can really do. Jazz. Mm. It was disappointing. I mean, the, the sad thing is those last three games, they actually did play. They figured out the defense. They played good defense those last three games. They just didn't Some out, of them played good defense. They just didn't figure out how to make the ball go yeah. into the basket. That was the weirdest part of the series. They had open shots. They just, it's like we just forgot how to make open shots. So, uh, and so uh, because... What I wanted to say to, to, is this team was flawed, is flawed. Is flawed. We knew, at least I knew, it was inevitable the ending of this season was going to take place. The first round, again, is just insult to injury. But the way that it happened, I thought that this would be a kind of an old-school NBA series as far as scores go, and it was for the most part. But I thought what was going to happen is the Jazz were going to be the better offense, the Mavs were going to be the better defense, the Jazz offense just was bad, tight, just very didn't, tight and they frenetic. They didn't trust each other. They didn't make yeah. shots. Mm-hmm. Like it, you didn't, they shot like they were trying not to miss. That's a good. They were aiming yeah. instead of shooting. Yeah. Mean, that's where you got these little bounce out three pointers, just in and out shots, in and out shots, and you can't shoot twenty something percent against a team as good as Dallas and expect to win anything ever. Yep. And they were still in most of those games. Everything short of Game Five, they were in every game, yeah. shooting twenty percent from three point land. I mean, I think the last two games they shot like 18% from three-point land. Like, you're not going to anybody doing that. And wh- I mean, they, Dallas started that game ice cold. I don't know if you knew that, but yesterday's game, Dallas was 0 for 10 to start the game from three-point range. 
And they finished, I want to say they finished with 17 threes. Okay. I think they finished like well, that seven, third quarter they caught Yeah, I think they were yeah. 17 for 33 on their last 33 shots. I mean, that's how the Jazz normally shoot. The Jazz had a bad start to the game as well, though, yeah. Yeah, the Jazz were one for nine or one yeah. for eight. I mean, yeah. you just – and they were good looks. Like, the offense was working. They just didn't make the shots they normally made. And if you're the number one offense in the NBA, you got to do it. And I think, I think it comes down to just – not trusting each other, and they weren't the team that they were at the beginning of the season. Let's remind uh, everyone, you you went to a town hall last week with Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, and you mentioned Ainge. Use the word trust. Said the one and thing that you have it. to have There's, is trust. And I don't know. It, I don't know if, I think with this group, there's no way this group comes back. There's no way you get 100% of this group back. You're not running this thing back. Yeah. Hey, before we say what's next, though, Jeff, about last night's game. Yeah. You were there. I was. Uh, you were right next to where Bogey missed that buzzer beater yep. uh, at the end of the about game. 15 feet away from him. But backing up before that, when Brunson missed his free throw. Yep. Uh, well, actually, even before that, uh, when Conley got the ball with, like, 12 seconds left. The Jazz had two timeouts left. Why did they not call timeout? I think the, you look at it from, I mean, I don't fault that. You and don't? Because I big time fault no, it. look at it like what happened in the Celtics game. You've got okay. a veteran point guard that you trust in Mike Conley. Should you trust him? That's what I'm saying. That's another yeah. big question. But as you're Quinn Snyder, you trust that. Mm. You trust you've got a veteran point guard. He's got the ball. You've got Donovan on the other side. You don't let him set their defense. You don't let him put subs in. You run it down, right? And it didn't work. Yeah. Conley went in too deep, and he slid his pivot foot and traveled. So the reason I fault it is if you watch the replay, and I, 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 I noticed this as it happened, but as you watch the replay, every one of those jazz players on the floor look, looked at the bench three or four times. Yeah. That's why there was no and one if, there for Conley. Like, right. Mitchell was, and yes. Bogey were both three feet behind the play. So who is that on? The coach. Coach you have when out. when you have three players of the five on the floor looking at you for timeout, you've got to call a timeout. You have to. So that's where I fault it. But you can't I get the philosophy. You can't call a timeout while he's dribbling. Of course you can. No, you got to pick up the ball first. The coach can't call timeout when you have possession of the ball. You have to have. I think you have. Oh, to have I see. What, to, so while he's dribbling down the court, you can't stop. I mean, it would simultaneously. If he yeah. gets the rebound, he could have called timeout right and then. starts to dribble. The ref is going to award the timeout. That's when he should have called a timeout because then yeah. you get it at half court, twelve yeah. seconds. I, I agree with that. But you know, I also understand what, what he was doing. All of a sudden, he comes down the court and goes straight to the hoop, makes a layup. Now you call him a genius for not calling a timeout. Nah, yeah, that's someone right. else said that, and I thought <laughs> I'd still call a timeout. Yeah, but, same idea. But so then let's fast forward. Speaking of going to the hoop, they get another chance at it. Brunson misses his free throw, one of two. Jazz call a timeout. They set their play up. That's a great play. And you think that's the play that was drawn? That was was exactly the cross the, the court throw? It was Oops, a sorry, perfect back pick on the play. Okay, wide open cross court. Yeah, that's the look you want. I think every player on that court would have said, if I could get Bogey on a yes. – he should have done a tennis dribble step over. I got that. But a wide-open three-pointer from Bogey from 22 feet, that goes in 60% of the time. And you think if he had done his settling dribble, yeah, he would have made it. a little dribble step that he always does. Yeah. That's like his key shot. He didn't, probably didn't think he had time. You pointed out something I didn't notice, though. He could have probably got to the window. There was nobody in front of him to the hoop. And plenty Jazz of time. Playing, Jazz were playing for the win, which is interesting at home. Which I actually, in that time, I said to my, I was watching the game with my dad. I said, I'd go for the win here. 
Yeah. You, it's been a terrible series. You gotta find. You gotta take the opportunity when you have it. When you put it up, and you just, I mean, that game <sighs> was over well before that. You, you got to make shots, and we just didn't make shots. What about the idea that Dallas is better than Utah? I don't Utah? think they are. I really don't. I think if the Jazz make an average amount of wide-open shots, they win that series. So we both thought the Jazz were going to win this thing. I thought in six. I mean, in postcast, if you would have said, I mean, I think Locke had a great point in this. If you would have said before this series that the Jazz in four games in this series would have held Dallas under 110 defensive rating, hmm. offensive rating, they would have won this series. Rating, yeah, yeah, yeah. All day long, they would have won this series. Yep. Our number one offense in the NBA didn't show up. That's a huge problem. And that's something they got to look at in the offseason. So let's, let's talk have, about the offseason. Let's do it. So these, these guys are. love each other, they trust <laughs> each other, they're best friends, they're getting matching tattoos. Is it, it's not that extreme that way. Is it as extreme the other way as some would say, Jeff? I don't think it is, but, I mean, there's two options for the Jazz. They've got either they, – they, you can't get rid of both of them. That's not an option. You're yeah. Gonna, your option is you're either going to get rid of one of them or you're going to try and keep both of them and rebuild everything around them. Short, I think anything short of Clarkson, untouchable. It is not untou- it's not touchable. You, you can trade everybody. Even Bogdanovich? I think they're all on the table to make this team better. Oh, man. I would not trade Bogdanovich. I like Bogdanovich, but, too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's on a good contract. The question is, can you get something for Conley? Can you get something? I mean, if you could get out there and get something for Gobert, do you take it? Oh. Right? And that's the thing is, is we're a small market team. You have two of still the top 20 players in the NBA. Yeah, not counting these playoffs. Yeah, yeah, not counting the playoffs. <laughs> Take the playoffs out of it. But you have two of the top 20 players in the NBA. You yeah. don't let them go. And you have them under contract for the next three years. You work so, around it, and you get Rudy, an offensive basketball coach this summer, and tell him not to practice defense at all this summer. <laughs> and let's just work on post moves 12 hours a day, every day, for the next six months. And and then you get everyone else on the team, to and you say, you don't, you don't throw one bounce pass all summer. You all work on your oop. Up. It has to be up at the rim to the, Rudy. The thing is, is that he's got to get – he doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. He's got to get a 10-foot jumper. He's got to get a 5-foot jumper. He's got to get a little hook shot. He's got to have something where they give him the ball, he's not having to go dunk it. He has to have some sort of soft touch. And you see glimpses of it, and then he just has zero confidence in it. Yeah. And so that's something there. But, I mean, I think – You've got to figure out something at, I mean, there's a lot of talk on Conley going. I mean, if you could figure out a way to make Mitchell your starting point guard and get a bigger two guard, that would be a helpful thing. Yeah, they've always been resistant to Donovan being a point guard, but I think that's what he should be. He's 6'1". Yeah. He's He's actually 6'1", 6'0", maybe. He's 6'1", in shoes. He's like like a John Stockton who's like 5'10". Yes. But um, Less QAnon, but yeah. But if you could get... I mean, if you could get a bigger guard line, I think that'd be a helpful thing. The Jazz, they need bigger, more athletic wings. You thought you had it in Royce, but Royce just fell off the face of the earth that second half of the season. Royce got more out of his NBA career than I ever thought he would, but it's over. Sadly, he's got two more seasons left on his count. It's over, Jeff. He's not good. (laughs) He's not. Royce, you're not good, bud. I'm sorry. You're not. You're bad. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. I think there's going to be lots of changes. Do you think it'll be seismic? Tony Jones in The Athletic said he believes there's not a blow-up coming, that the Jazz sources that he has say they don't want to trade both these guys. He thinks they are leaning more towards trading trading Rudy. I don't, like, this is my argument on it is if you have two top 20 players in the NBA, you figure it out. 
you don't get rid of Haven't them. Haven't they had time to figure it out, though? They haven't. I mean, I don't think last season was a failure. I think last season they ran into bad luck. This season mm-hmm. was an absolute failure. I get that. And there's some weird stuff going on, and they need to decide. They need to look deep at this team and have deep conversations with Rudy and Donovan and decide if they can make it work. Because in the next five years, I think the only way this Jazz team wins a championship is if those two guys make it work. Could be. Because I don't think you're going to get enough value for them back to get another top 20 player that would require us to win a championship. And and here's where I, I would, honestly, I would, probably lean towards trading Mitchell, not because I think he's not good. I think he's amazing. They can get more back. I think he's leaving. So why not do it now? And I think Rudy would stay with us for his entire career. Yep. And I think if you could get back talent for or to put around Gobert, I think get a little more size, I think you could get more for Donovan. I don't know if they're willing to do it, but I agree with you on the fact yeah. that the odds of a new contract for these two guys, if you had a bet on it, Rudy would be way higher. Yep, for sure. Although Rudy on his next contract is also going to be 32-33. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. that's on his downhill for center in the NBA. Where Mitchell yeah. on his next contract would be 27. Yeah. I just think he's going to leave. you got to build around the younger guys. But all right, let's go back to our bet. Let's not. Let's uh, moving to on. <laughs> to the bet. So last week Jeff had to wear a BYU hat because he lost the oh, March Madness. So I want to pay back. Yeah. And I barely, I think I might barely get it. So here's the bet. So we both sucked in the Dallas-Utah. So mine are on the left, yours are on the, whatever, on the right. Yeah. So we both made the same bets (laughs) on the Jazz. We both lost, the Jazz lost. Donovan, Luca actually in his two games had more three-pointers than Donovan Mitchell. Never thought that would have Who would have thought that? And we made these bets thinking Luca may not play in the series till game five. And and he he, made enough three-pointers in his two games that... Which is horrific for Donovan, by the way. Oh, come on. Donovan in six games to have 10 three-pointers is absurdly bad. And he shot like 20-something percent. All right, next series. Memphis is not over yet. We both picked Memphis. We're probably going to get that one right. But John Morant did not score 20 points in game two. Yeah. But So I lost that one. You got that one right. uh, Jock might score 20 20. points in his next game, though. Yeah, but it's every game. Oh, in every game. I'm sorry. He lost lost one of them, so he already won that one. Yep. Uh, next one, Sixers-Raptors. We both picked the Sixers. They blew them out last night. And Joel Embiid was 157 points. So he was barely over that. Yeah, he was just only barely. six points over that, so we barely got that one. I don't know what I was thinking here, picking the Denver Nuggets over Golden State. That I don't either. A, just a bad, Wishful bad thinking, I think. Bad, yeah, bad, bad pick. Yeah. And, the, of course, no one thought he was that. But at least it wasn't up. a sweep. It was not a sweep. The one I really screwed up on. Was this one? Was a sweep. Yeah, we'll get to that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought it was the next this slide. Miami, we're both right on this one. Miami and five. We both picked that one. This is the one. I, Boston just looked good. Good gravy. Boston, Boston plays like how I wish the Jazz would play. Uh, all heart. That's funny that you say that because the guy that constructed that team is now constructing the Jazz. Oh, <laughs> interesting. But the Nets, who, was, who had a more disappointing year, the Lakers or the Nets? The Nets. You think so? Uh, that, oh, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. But, oh, they're both bad. They're both to bad be horrible. swept? To be swept is pretty embarrassing. Ugh. And then we both lost a 40-point game. Three 39-point games in this series, by the way. Wow. It's like they knew it was here, and they didn't want all these people to win. <laughs> Next one, Milwaukee over Chicago. Giannis outscored DeMar by 40. Oh, my gosh. It was, that wasn't even close. Yep. DeMar did not have a good series, short of that one game. And Suns beat the Pelicans last night. 
Chris Paul going 14 for 14 from the field, all on mid-range jump shots. And 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 half of them touched every part of the rim, Incredible. but it doesn't matter. It goes in. And I don't know what you're thinking, thinking Chris Paul wasn't going to get I didn't think he'd <laughs> play a lot. I thought they'd sweep him. Yeah. The over-under 40 to half was obliterated with 60... <laughs> Eight assists by Chris Paul <laughs> in the six games. <laughs> that's the one that's yeah. going to cost Austin because we go to a tiebreaker as we tie. So we've got the same number of picks yeah. right and wrong. We're 10 and 5, both of us. And so it goes to the tiebreaker, which was total points by Devin Booker, who gets hurt in the middle of the series. Stupid hamstrings. And Austin goes with 135. I go with 120. So I am the winner. And what was he, 96? What did he have? He was 69. 69. <laughs> I was played two games. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I didn't have a prayer when that hamstring no, that hamstring killed you. So next week. I'm wearing a hat next week. We're going to figure out what it is. It's probably going to be some big flowery uh, tea. No, we made a rule. Kentucky hat, Derby hat. It has hat, to be a sports know. hat. Oh, well, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you know. okay. <laughs> what well, am I doing it. to so, myself and, here? Uh, Nanute, next, <laughs> next round picks will come out tomorrow, so we'll make them offline, and we'll post them so you guys will be able to see who we picked. And yeah. The bet will go on for round two. All right. Lastly, next. Devin Lloyd. 27th pick. He should have been a top 10 pick. Is it because he went to the Combine? He should never have gone to the Combine. We talked about this when it first went down, right? Because what happened was on Monday this week, somebody in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, leaked out that he had medical concerns. And so he falls rapidly all the way almost out of the first round. And not only that, he loses out on a whole bunch of money. Yep. But now he has to play for the Jaguars. Worst team in the league, right? And he will not have a good career based on historic history of going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. He deserved so much better, and he didn't get it. But Great moment, though. When congratulations. He, the moment yeah. when he gets up on stage and picks up Goodell <laughs> is pretty awesome. Was it just me that hoped maybe a rib popped or it two? Was cracked <laughs> Goodell's rib, yeah, it's possible. All right, so there's sports this week. Sad, uh, sad end of the jazz season. But in memoriam of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Changes are coming. And we'll lots to talk about. They're moving the to Vegas or Seattle in the Shut next. <laughs> right. uh, maybe they'll be wearing purple. That's another thing we'll talk about <laughs> later on. All right, that's it for sports. Coming back on the other side, we'll get into the wheels segment. Subaru has a price for their latest model. We'll talk about that. The U.S. Army is in the automotive news. Elon Musk and our promised partner of the week. Stay tuned. Be right back. My name is Sierra Hudson. I'm a wife, mom, business owner, and my Subaru is safety for my family. So my husband Colton and I have three beautiful little girls. We love adventures. There's just so much to do outside and we love being able to jump in our Subaru and just go. We've brought all three of our babies home from the hospital in our Subaru. So Subaru really is just a brand that's part of our family as well. My husband, he bought me, actually surprised me for Christmas in 2019 with a Subaru Ascent, and that was just the best Christmas present ever. So this past winter, it was January, we decided to take a spontaneous trip to St. George. My husband just, he hit a black ice or just snow, and we just started to slide. I was in the back seat, and I was just making sure, kind of bracing for my kids to be safe. And, and it was just one of those moments where you truly feel helpless. We hit into the cement barrier and then rotated and hit a FedEx freight truck. And after we hit that truck, we spun again. 
the airbags had gone off and like everything was fine at that point. Our Subaru, you know, put its life on the line for us and I just thought that was, it's, a, it's I know it's a car, but it means so much more to us and our family, so. There's no other car I wanna drive. Subaru is one of the safest brands and you know, people can tell you that it has all the safety features, all the bells and whistles, but I personally lived that. I mean, we went through such a horrific accident and I can just attest that the Subaru truly is as safe as they say. The Ascent has Subaru eyesight and that is just an extra pair of eyes on the road, which I know I could use and I'm sure you other moms could use as well. So when we were looking to get another Subaru, the only place that I could trust was Mark Miller Subaru. At Mark Miller Subaru, they have their promise price program, which is when you go in, the price you see is the price you pay. They're not haggling you. I mean, their salespeople aren't even paid on commission. So you just feel so comfortable when you walk in the doors. And as a woman, I feel so, I just feel like I'm not being, you know, talked down to. It's just such a great overall experience. As a mom with three busy kids, I don't have the time to drop them off places. So it's so nice that I can bring them here when I'm getting services done, looking for a new car. They have a cafeteria, they have a kids play area, and it just makes the experience completely just relaxing, like it should be. I love Mark Miller Subaru and so many other people do too, but hey, don't take my word for it. Just Google them. I mean, you'll see how many positive reviews come up. Subaru is a brand you can trust, and Mark Miller Subaru is the local Utah retailer that you will love. Welcome back, time for Wheels, episode Wheels. 13, by the way. We're not supposed to mention that because it's the number Friday, 13 too. and the Jazz lost. Coincidence, I think not. Probably not. Uh, Subaru, though, good news. The Solterra on its way to us. We're starting actually putting real orders in. That's right. Real vehicles for customers. We're expecting to see them in the next couple months. Yeah, um, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of happy people uh, because not only are they on their way, and it's a priority for Subaru to get them the here. Pricing. The pricing was announced. Uh -huh. Now, I didn't, was it announced by Subaru? Subaru announced it, yeah. Okay. So the starting price is not $50,000 like some people thought it might be. Forty-four dollars like grand basically. Just under 45000 Plus, you get a tax credit. Plus, you have a $7,500 federal tax credit will be on every one of these cars. So No matter what trim level you no get. No matter what trim level. So the way that tax, I think it's the first 200,000 cars a manufacturer produces get a tax credit. So that's okay. the interesting thing. How long will it take us to manufacture 200,000 Solteras? A long, yeah. long time. Yeah, uh-huh. Years. So you got time. Yeah, so that's the interesting thing. Is so Toyota has their version of it, but Toyota's going to be out of tax credits. Oh, because so the So Subaru is, is going to have a $7,500 mm -hmm. advantage over the Toyota version of the same car. And the, the name Toyota chose for the theirs B24X. is... The B24X. It's like a, what is this, a Star Wars robot? <laughs> no, it's a car. Give it a name, man. That, so the top of the line goes up to about 54. If you loaded it up with everything you possibly put on it, they're about 54, 55 grand. It's about as high as you can get on that car. That's, I think that's a great, that's a great price. It's not for a tow e. hitch on it with an accessory 
option package. I see. Or something yeah. is what they call it. It's, it's not listed as a toe pitch. But if I if I were in the game for it, I would be getting that top of the line because of that glass roof. That is so cool. cool. It's yeah. cool. And they've got two-tone paint schemes and some things like that, and there's some different additions. But we're excited to see it. It's nice to get it. We're going to have, um, the way they're doing it is the first one we're going to get is going to be an SSLP car, which is one of our loaner fleet. So we'll have one on the lot wow. all the time to test drive and show people and see what it's all about. Cool. Awesome. And the tax credit, that works how? So the way a tax credit works is if you lease it, it comes out of the lease and the tax credit gets paid to the, the bank or the manufacturer. If you buy it, you just get a straight $7,500 off your taxes. So if you had a tax bill of $7,500, you get $7,500 back. So if you don't owe any taxes, you, you get, get a, a check refund. for seventy five hundred. back. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Elon Musk is also in the news this week, Jeff Miller. Did he buy something? Well, he hasn't. This is the funny thing. He hasn't bought anything yet. I thought it officially was approved. No, it's approved. Ah, but there hasn't been an it exchange. It hasn't closed until October. <laughs> so do you know how much stuff a guy like Elon Musk could screw up by October with his mouth? I give the odds of this closing at a... 50-50. And if you don't know what we're talking about, then you've, you've been in a coma. Uh, Musk is... $44 billion. For Twitter. For Twitter. $55 a share. And why the most reason he wants to buy Twitter is... Data. Data. He wants your information. And it's, he's going to get it, because I'm not quitting Twitter. I love Twitter. I love... Now will he start charging for Twitter? Yeah, I, you I have to buy you, a Tesla. I mean, <laughs> to have a Twitter account. The best thing he could ever possibly do to Twitter, if he could, if he actually takes it on, would be to authenticate users. I don't know if it'll ever work. Would that be in his favor, though? It won't be. But yeah. like the best thing you could do is to make it so you can't be anonymous. Yeah, it won't happen. It won't happen. But nope. and the worry thing about it is, funny thing about it is, all oh, the people that are super excited about him buying Twitter. Don't understand the fact that he's doing it to steal your data. <laughs> yep. steal, like, you worry about a vaccine getting put in your blood to track <laughs> you. This is what he's doing. Like, he talks about putting microchips in people's heads. Yep. All the time. <laughs> and he's a hero. I, I just don't get that side of it. That's I just don't get that part. He's the PT bottom like of said, our day. The odds of this actually closing are not 100%. Do you think he does these he type did. of things I love the people to just like, drive stock prices? And who knows what he's actually doing? But a lot of people are like, oh, ever since Elon Musk is on Twitter, it's so much better. This is like, he doesn't own it. <laughs> people, stop it. He does not own it yet. Yeah. It is still in full control of Jack. Not, he, Jack only owned 2% or something like that. Like, it's full control of the board of directors, and they're still doing it the same way. You, the reason things are changing is because you've got a lot of people jumping on board Twitter now, a lot of people leaving, but they're still banning people and suspending people. They're still doing all the stuff they did before. Nothing's changed right now. Will right. it change in October? Remains to be seen. But if you look at it, if they, if the market thought that this was 100% certainty that he was going to be by Twitter, the market price for Twitter would be what his bid price that's is. Right, that's right. So yeah. his bid price is like $55, <laughs> something like that. The price would be 55. I think it's at 49 it's, right now or 48. It's high 40s, yeah. yeah what is it? Uh, 47. Uh, it might be 48. Uh, I'll write this second. I forget their code. TW. So it's at 49.53. So it's right oh, now it's, it's it's $5.50 $5. below the market value. That's a huge, and in stocks, that's a huge number. Right? Yeah. So that's the that's the risk right there that yeah. you're, you're, you're playing in. So, so we'll you see. don't think it'll happen. Well, I don't think it'll happen. But. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's most likely, going, taking us back to the car talk, of why it won't happen is since the announcement, Tesla's dropped 200 points. Oh, I didn't know that. Tesla in one day 
last week lost $118 billion. Wow. In one day. Wow. It dropped. So if the, wow. if the Tesla stock doesn't like is what the worry on the Tesla side is that he's going to have to sell shares to pay for it. Hmm. And that's going to hurt the stock price. So I don't know. I think there's a lot to be talked about still in this and what, how it affects Tesla and how it affects a lot of things. But it's not a sure thing that he's going to be owning Twitter at the end of the day. Yep. All right, uh, the U.S. Army Tanks. is getting into the uh, electric game, as it were. Hybrid Bradleys. They're talking about getting rid of the current fleet of Bradleys and going hybrid. Now, the reason I want to talk about this, Jeff, is I right now, I, I love the idea of electric vehicles. I think Solterra is getting close to what I want an electric vehicle to be, but I'm still in the camp of hybrid. I love the plug-in game. Yes. I think the plug-in's the way to go. It takes the, it, if they can get the plug-in where you can get, like, 50, 100-mile plug-ins, right, and make them reasonably cut-priced, where you can still put gas in them, still have it both ways. You mean the tank? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, thinking, yeah. But I'm thinking both ways. Okay, like yeah. It goes into the car world, too, right? But their idea of this on the tank side is to get it to a hybrid by 2035. Yeah, um, that's a long time away. You get in a war zone. What happens if you can't find a plug? <laughs> you used to have all these extension cords <laughs> running across the. <laughs> time out, time out. Sorry. We, we came unplugged. You generally find a gas station somewhere, pretty much anywhere in the world, right? <laughs> Fighting wars with plugged in Hoover vacuums at this point. Yeah, well, that's I don't... part of the issue with Russia getting into Ukraine. That is. The yeah. tanks ran out of gas. Yep. <laughs> like, how yep. bad is that? Yep. Like, you got stopped because you ran out of gas. Yeah, that little needle needs to be a little clearer. So, just That's a quick mention here. started stealing the tanks. That's right. <laughs> just a quick mention that, that even the, the militaries around the world are going uh, hybrid here. So, And then our promised partner update of the week, Jeff. We had uh, Earth Day cleanup last weekend yep. at Dimpledale Park. By all accounts, it was a great success. Mm-hmm. The weather did hold mostly, so yeah, it was a great bad time. Of a day, so very nice. We appreciate all of our employees and volunteers for out going out there and doing good for the environment. And if you're ever looking for something to do with your youth group, your church, your Bible study, or a date night, go to our website, Mark Marlowe Subaru. Look at our Promise Partners and see what you can pitch in and help. We've got something for everybody from animal lovers to earth lovers to environment help and all big that brothers, sort of Big sisters, thing. lots of different places. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up this week's edition with some movie chatter. William Liam Neeson doing things he's never always done before. Never been typecasted. Him or Ryan Reynolds, who's typecasted more? Coming up next. (laughs) Right here (laughs) on Sports Wheels and Reels. Stay tuned. My name's Jamie Ussery, and I am a dog mom. A human mom, a wife, a member of the LGBTQ plus community, an animal advocate, and my Subaru is freedom. I've had so many animals over the years, several dozen dogs and cats. One of the things that I love about Mark Miller Subaru is, is they're the largest animal welfare supporter that I've ever met in the Salt Lake Valley. The dogs definitely enjoy the Subarus. I think it's a little more comfortable than some cars we've had in the past. One of the main reasons that I decided to purchase my two Subarus from Mark Miller Subaru is safety. Keeping all my little creatures safe is important to me and Forrester and the Ascent that I have are both highly rated. You know, it's kind of this combination of a safe car, a nice looking car, but also a very convenient dog owning and and kid owning car as well. It's hard to leave the house to come have something done like an oil change or, or a rock chip repair and so, they come to me, Mark Miller Subaru comes out, picks up my car, brings it here to have a serviced, and drops it back off. 
and you just couldn't ask for anything better when you're a busy mom like I am. When I knew I was gonna buy Subarus, one of the reasons that I trusted Mark Miller Subaru so much is not just what they do for animals in the community, but uh, what they do for our LGBTQ plus community here in Utah. They're one of the longest supporters of the LGBTQ plus community. I feel as a person involved in that community that they are someone that, that I can come to and, and will give me a good deal and respect me as a person and treat me right and my family right. And my wife and I, our daughter Harper and our dogs, we're just so happy that we picked Mark Miller Subaru. You may not even realize it, but through Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise program, they're probably supporting a nonprofit that you love in the community. In the past 10 years, they've donated nearly $3 million across Utah to charities that we all love and support. Subaru is a brand that I trust, and Mark Miller Subaru is the local retailer that I love. Let's all go to the movies. movies. All right. Movies, film, cinema. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Let's start there. The movie is called Memory. The premise is a hitman, assassin. Liam Neeson killing people? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I've never be. even seen him in this world. I love, I love that even all of his movie posters look the same. They do. Just uh, looking pensive. Early stages <laughs> of Alzheimer's has crept into his character's uh, brain, and he suddenly is growing a conscience at the same time. Interesting premise for a movie, Jeff Miller. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, though. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I do like all of them. I, I liked all the Takens. Did you like all the Takens? Uh, I liked the first Taken. The second Taken was like a C-. minus. The third Taken was an abomination. <laughs> Just terrible. Um, I don't think I ever saw the third one. But the first one was great. Now, I was semi-excited about this, but the more recent Liam Neeson action movies have been his worst. Yeah. And Yahoo... Uh, ranked his best action movie or his action movies worst to first, fifteen to one. What was the best? The worst was this. This was his worst. The absolute worst. Wow. The first, the fifteen through twelve have all been released in the last six years. Okay. The first, the top three, were nonstop, where he's a U.S. Air Marshal okay. on an airplane, and it, it, people kept he yeah. keeps getting these text messages that people are going to die, and they do. Yeah. And, his number two I'm was. Watch that one again. It's good. I like it. Number two was Taken. Taken was great. And the best action movie of Liam Neeson's career, according to Yahoo, The Gray, made right here in little old Utah. The Gray. What is that? So he is a sharpshooter working for an oil rig company in Alaska. His job is to keep the oil rig workers safe from encroaching predators. Okay. So he's shooting wolves and bears and moose. Like and sniping a bunch of animals mm -hmm. before they kill them. And then he gets stranded out there and oh. right. fights off a bunch of wolves. <laughs> like okay. the Memphis Grizzlies. So. so you're saying you're not going to watch this movie? I will watch it. <laughs> uh, I will watch every Liam Neeson movie. Abs every one of them. Um, it probably won't be good, though, is what I'm saying. As much as trash as Austin talks on movies, he still watches all of them. I watch all the movies. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. walk out in the middle of the movie? Have I ever left in the middle of a movie? I don't know that I have. I know that I've thought about it. There was a movie a hundred years ago starring Adam Sandler called Spanglish. 
Oh, I remember that movie. Just in a, a terrible movie. <laughs> and I, I five or six times went, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Maybe it'll get better, but I'm going to leave. It's not, there's no way it'll get better. And then it ended, and I went, I should have left. The only theater I've ever left in the middle of a movie, I think I was 12 years old, and it was with my grandma, and she made us leave from parenthood. Oh, <laughs> oh. She felt it was inappropriate for children. She may have been right. <laughs> Probably not a bad call. <laughs> that's the only time I ever left a the movie theater. If you're looking for something to stream this weekend. The Last Blockbuster. There's a Netflix documentary called The Last Blockbuster. I was, flo- I watched this when it came out in 2020. It's about the last rental store they turned into the Airbnb, right? I didn't know they had turned it's it into Bend, an Airbnb. Oregon. It's in Bend, Oregon. And I thought for sure in the last two years it would have gone out of business. It's still going. It's sold out. Like I think I think it's you're like a year out. You can't even become a member of it. They're so full. <laughs> they have four thousand paying members every month That's that a- pay a monthly subscription, then come in and rent as many movies as they want. That's so crazy. Uh, but yeah, blockbuster. There's one left in the world. This is a very cheesy, hokey uh, documentary, but it's fun, and I think oh. you'd enjoy it. Okay. And then this was trending on Twitter. This, this is going to be fun. The best movie performance by a sweater. Not by the person in the sweater. No. By the actual sweater. By the sweater itself. So what are we going to start with? So I wanted to show you my nominations. These are Austin's nominations. Number so one. Number one, you got to go with The oh, Dude. Lovasky, the Dude. He's he, he's in shorts and a sweater robe. <laughs> jellies. <laughs> yes, jellies. Yeah, yeah. They're not flip-flops. They're jellies. <laughs> and, and by the way, I so many times... Uh, during this you playoff series, I shouted, shut up, Donovan, if you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. All right. uh, next, you got to go with Freddy Krueger. I'm not a horror movie guy, but that sweater it's is iconic. Iconic, yep. All right. How about Neil? The Santa Claus. <laughs> stepdad psychologist from the Santa Claus. That's a great looking sweater. And he has like four or five of them in the movie. He wears it like a champ. It's awful. It's terrible. He owns that sweater. There's a lot of yarn on that sweater. There's a lot of yarn. That's a lot of things that can get caught. The loomer was very busy. Get caught on fences. <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin's Home Alone red that sweater. Red sweater. Pretty iconic. I had a red sweater like that growing up just because of this movie. Be, yep. mm-hmm. You wanted to be Home Alone. He also had a white one Yeah. yeah. that he wore. On. Speaking of white sweaters, uh, there's... The, the best sweater ever. Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie's from Christmas vacation. That is, I would with like to know. Under, with the fake shirt under, it's the best one. Yeah, I would like to know <laughs> who has that. Is Do you think Randy Quaid owns that? Oh, he had to have kept it. Oh, he better have. That's a piece of Randy cinema. Randy Quaid's gone off the deep end. You don't say. <laughs> who's, yeah, who's crazier, him or John Stockton? It's he's, close. He's playing his character from Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> that was real life for now. him. Yeah. All right, uh, another white sweater. Chris Evans' character from Knives Out. Yeah. That sweater just his yells during the sweater scene. that he he stole from Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal in When Harry Met Sally. So there's my sweater noms. I gotta go Lebowski. Lebowski. Uh, Lebowski, Lebowski or Lebowski. cousin Eddie? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lebowski I, or cousin Eddie? I think I go Eddie. Yeah. But Leba- the dude. The dude. That's just an iconic. I love that movie. Do you think Jeff Bridges ever like had trouble focusing during that movie because he was playing a relaxed character? Who was in his underwear. Well, he was probably high the whole time. Maybe so. That would help. <laughs> in all yeah. Let us know what the best sweater performance in a movie was. Let us know on Twitter, on our Facebook, on our socials, at MMSuber, at the SWR Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So next week, we're going to have, there's got to be more jazz news that comes out in the next week. 
So you're gonna start seeing the drama starts now. You're gonna start yeah, seeing the drama starts next. Because they're not having a locker room cleanout tomorrow. Oh my gosh, the T-shirt. We should make it. The drama starts the drama now. Drama starts now. Should be the T-shirt. Oh my gosh, with the O and now being the jazz note. The yeah. drama starts now. Um, you, so they're not doing locker room cleanup. No locker room cleanup. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, they did it all last night. They're not gonna do full speeches. It's kind of crazy. You're kidding me. No, that's what they said last night. So they're not a locker room cleanup today, which is my first time I think ever. Oh, shout out to my peeps at the zone. What are you doing with your time today? Just oh my god. Wallowing in pain. Oh, I do not envy. Feeling you. pretty good about working for Mark Miller Schuber today, aren't you? I am. I, <laughs> I said I said to my dad, I said to my dad last night, I was like, you know, I've I really like my new job. I really do. I don't today know that I'd go like back a to lot more today. <laughs> today through this summer, not having to book guests who don't want to come on and say the same thing the other oh, guests have said. It's gonna every be a day. brutal time for Utah Sports Radio yep. over the next two months. But next week, I think what you'll see between now and our next show, you will see some leakage of what oh, yeah. was going on and behind what's the scenes. And what's going. Does Joe Ingles come back? We'll talk no. about that next week. Not a chance. All right. The leakage might be from Joe Ingles. <laughs> All right, that's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. For Ashley and Mike behind the scenes, Joseph Dane as well. All of you, thanks for joining us. We'll be back for episode 14, the Jeff Hornacek episode next week. Yes, it is. Uh, until then, Utah by five. Trust me.